Hey friend, I picked up a new book recently called Side by Side by Edward T. Welch that begins with this sentence. Life is hard, too hard to manage single-handedly. That's why we are needy. And the book goes on to help the reader recognize that in order to authentically walk with others in their need, we need to first identify our own neediness and develop a willingness to take it to the Lord and share it with others. That's a hard lesson to learn when you're an I got this kind of girl and others see you that way too. That's me. Is that you too? It's true. Life is hard and all of us are needy. Yet we live in a world that seems to glorify self-sufficiency and keeping up an illusion of needing to depend on no one and nothing. Now, while taking responsibility for your own actions and outcomes is commendable to a point, self-reliance is a way we misdirect our worship from the one we truly need to depend on and those he has put in our lives to walk side by side through the challenges of life and business. It's easy for self-sufficiency to become an idol of the heart especially as busy Christian women who are leading, directing, and building lives and businesses that others look up to with awe, asking, how does she do it all? It's tempting to push others away and the Lord, because, well, we got this, or so we think. But all the while, our distracted hearts are exhausted, trying to keep up appearances, never feeling like we can rest because it all depends on us. But that's not what God has called us to as his daughters. He desires, most importantly, for us to rely on Him, the all-sufficient, all-powerful, all-knowing God, and then to live an intentional community because we truly do need others and cannot do life or business alone. So instead of trying to make it look like you've got it all together as a solopreneur, let's admit we can't do it all on our own, that we need Him and others to help shoulder the burdens and share the joys of life and business in this world. Are you ready to be honest about if self-sufficiency has your heart? Good. Together, let's admit, I am not enough. Did you know busy is not just a disordered calendar or to-do list? It's a disordered heart. And a well-ordered life flows from a well-ordered heart that's focused on Him. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast the go-to place for busy Christian women juggling all the things in midlife and business. From launching kids to aging parents, caring for your needs to serving your clients, investing in relationships to serving in your community. Oh, and keeping up with the laundry, the dishes, and the dirty floors. Honestly, it's a lot to balance. No wonder you feel like you never have enough time. All the time management gurus out there will tell you you just need to get more organized. And chances are you've tried all the things, the planners, the programs, the all start Monday plans, but they never worked, at least not for very long. That's because those don't get to the heart of your busyness. Here, you'll learn how to build a with God life and business and go from busyness to fruitfulness in this season. And it starts in your heart, not in your calendar. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management expert, priorities protector, and recovering should-do list girl. I've been leading, teaching, and coaching Christian women for over 25 years, and I've been right where you are, controlled by all the shuns, expectations, obligations, and distractions. But then, 
God showed me how to redeem my time with faith at the center to let who I am and whose I am guide how I use my time. I'm here to share with you how to use his truth along with time management tools to discover you really do have all the time you need for what you're called to. You just need someone to show you the way. Open up your heart and calendar because I'm going to show you how to redeem your time and stop believing there's never enough. Are you ready? Hey friend, thank you so much for your outpouring of love, prayers, and interest in the partnership that Redeem Her Time here in the U.S. is developing with Helping Hands over in Central Asia. So that way we can help provide resources and support for women building businesses to support their families and communities. Often we take for granted the time, money, technology, and resources that we have such easy access to and forget that not everyone in the world has the ability or availability to get what is needed to manage life or business to a level of success that's measurable, let alone sustainable. When we do stop to notice their situation on the other side of the world, it's easy to see the level of need in the disparity of resources by comparison. But the question is, do we do something about it? What can we do about it from so far away? Good question. First, we can pray for God to open doors into women's hearts. Then we can express interest in the lives they live and the businesses they are building. Next, we can give of our time and attention and resources to help them make a profit that will support their family and community. And finally, we can come alongside local organizations that are sharing the gospel in a way that connects and introduces them to Jesus. So inquiring minds want to know, What will I be doing with these women when I go over to Central Asia in a few weeks? Spoiler alert, I still don't know, (laughs) but God continues to remind me that he does and that he will equip me for whatever their needs are. And I know I will come back with an even bigger vision of how we as Redeem Her Time can grow an ongoing partnership with them. So in the meantime, you can help me help them by leaving a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you already did, sharing the podcast or an episode with a friend or your circle and posting a screenshot inside the Redeem Her Time community. What's in it for you as a busy woman juggling all the things in midlife and business in the West? Well, the opportunity to share the difference that this podcast has made in the way you view or use your time in life or business and be part of helping others find us too. And what's in it for them, these women who are also juggling life and business on the other side of the world? The opportunity to help provide even more resources for their business endeavors and growth in their faith in Christ. Because for each review left this month, I will give an additional $5 to Helping Hands to directly help them. Imagine if we add 100 new reviews in the podcast, how that could change all of our worlds. So for those of you who have or are doing so right now, Thank you for taking a minute of your day to help me help them by leaving a review. Speaking of needing help, before we dive into our self-sufficient hearts, do you mind if I ask you a question? Are you a CEO, a Christ-empowered operator of a God-given life and business with an I got this mindset? Sure, that confidence and certainty may have gotten you further than most, but no matter what level of business you're at, whether it's still dreaming just launching, steadily growing, or exponentially booming, 
We all are needy and can't do it on our own, at least not very well or for very long. How do I know? Because that's what I did for way too long too. I was a smart girl. I had a lot of drive. I worked hard, but I also thought I could DIY my way to success and quickly found out that wasn't the case. I would listen to an inspiring training from a coach and then get distracted by online shopping before I got around to implementing their tips. I could read a really helpful book and mark up the pages with underlines, circles, stars, and highlights. Yes, I like to interact with my books, but then it just sat on my shelf and the strategies never made it into my calendar. I could even sign up for an online course and start watching through the modules, but then another shiny object would capture my attention and I'd be off to learn something new before the first one was completed or implemented. Now, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on those high-level coaches back in the day when I could figure things out on my own. So instead, I ended up wasting a lot of money and time on all the little things here and there that really didn't help me overall. No matter how many trainings, books, or courses I started, nothing really seemed to move the needle no matter how hard I worked. That is, until I finally told my hubby I needed help and I thought I had found someone who could help me. Let me just tell you, that was a humbling conversation because in his mind, well, I could just figure it out and why spend money when I wouldn't get something in hand to show for it. Except I knew that I was exhausted trying to do it all on my own. And after all the time I had wasted on free or nearly free resources, I didn't have results that were substantial nor sustainable because, well, I finally admitted I couldn't do it on my own. And so I invested in a coach, turned off the noise of the other voices I had allowed to tell me all the things I should do, did the work, implemented the process, and saw the results. So much so that with my last coaching investment, I got nearly seven times my investment back in just a few months. I'm just going to say, I'm so glad I stopped trying to be self-sufficient. So if that's you, If you've been trying to DIY your business growth and duct tape your life priorities, and you're exhausted and ready to admit you need help, I just want you to know I get you because I was you and I've got you. And I want you to know the doors are open to the redeemed midlife CEO, where you'll not only find a faith centered system to create a with God life and business. That's not busy. You'll also access the high level individual and group coaching support that you need to build your belief, implement a new way of thinking and doing, and experience way richer results that actually last, aka fruitfulness. But it all starts with admitting you need and want the help and are better off not all on your own. So if that's you, I want to invite you to submit an application to the Redeemed Midlife CEO program, and let's lock arms together to take you from random busyness, trying to reinvent the wheel on your own, to faithful fruitfulness, with a proven faith-fueled process in community with others. What do you say? Are you ready to raise your hand and get the help that you've been praying for? Good. Go to redeemhertime.com forward slash coaching to submit your application, or just click the link in the show notes and watch your life and business transform when you're not depending on all your own effort. Speaking of all on your own, Self-sufficiency has been a temptation since the Garden of Eden and throughout all of scripture and time. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve desired to be like God, leading them to disobey his command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
seeking self-sufficiency apart from God's guidance. Despite being granted immense wisdom by God, Solomon's pursuit of self-sufficiency led him to accumulate wealth, wives, and wisdom apart from God's guidance as well, ultimately leading to his spiritual downfall. And in one of Jesus' parables, a Pharisee prayed boastfully about his own righteousness, while a tax collector humbly begged for God's mercy. The Pharisee's self-sufficiency blinded him to his needs for God's forgiveness, whereas the tax collector recognized his dependence on God's grace. And I'm sure if we went around the circle, we could all share multiple stories of how we are self-sufficient and push God and others away in our lives and businesses. So what exactly is self-sufficiency? Well, it's exactly what our modern day culture teaches us to value through all the self-help, self-care, and self-reliant messages we see around us. You are enough. At the sound of it, it all sounds very encouraging, empowering, emboldening, but as the more than anything study points out, it only leads to an exhausting pursuit of building our lives and businesses solely around ourselves, in our own strength, in our own sufficiency, and aims to build us up in a way that actually tears us down because it pushes God and others out by saying, I don't need anyone or anything else and feeds the lie that we only need ourselves. Except we all know that's not true because we sure don't feel it. But maybe if we chant the mantra or write the phrase enough times each day, things will start to change. I hate to admit, I actually did that not that all long ago. The problem is it still makes it all about us and we are not enough. And that is a good thing. You see, the gospel is our daily reminder that we cannot do enough, be enough, try enough to do anything to change our state or save us, especially when it comes to what lasts into eternity. We need a savior. And no matter how much we try to appear righteous or get out of the snare of sin, we cannot on our own. That is the good news, that we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, because as Isaiah 64, 6 tells us, even our best attempts at righteousness are as filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins, including self-sufficiency, sweep us away. John 15, 5 reminds us, apart from me, you can do nothing. So why do we try? Well, I think it's because there's something in us called our sin nature that wants to go our own way and do things on our own, apart from the wisdom and strength we find in God and the accountability we find in community. So when does self-sufficiency turn from a good for her character trait to an on her own idol of the heart? Good question. When our sufficiency rests solely on ourselves to the neglect of God who created us for his purposes. Here are a few signs that your self-sufficiency may be an idol for more than anything. You may struggle with vulnerability and not wanting to show any sign of weakness. You may be slow to repent by thinking you can just modify your behavior and do better next time. Ouch. <laughs> you might read your Bible less, thinking you've already read it and memorized enough. You may struggle to receive critique and feedback, seeing little of your weaknesses or imperfections. You may avoid asking others for help in order to appear as if you have everything under control. Sound familiar from last episode? You may experience burnout more frequently in your relationships, business, and ministry efforts because you depend only on yourself. And as it goes on to say, the greater danger of this idol is that it preaches a life that revolves around us and our efforts and ultimately 
leads to a daily denial of our need for Jesus. Anyone notice that you often don't have time for your daily CEO meeting with the Lord, spending time in his word and in prayer? Because you've got, well, people to see and things to do from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. Even if it's a lot of checking the news, scrolling social and responding to messages, that my friend is self-sufficiency, thinking we can do it all by ourselves. And it's putting what you can do in your ability for a look at me above what God can do in his power for a look at him. Ever notice that God sometimes allows circumstances well beyond your ability to remind you it's not about you? Paul tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That, my friend, is not a heart posture of self-sufficiency, but rather a God-sufficiency. One that admits your own inadequacies and neediness and the truth that you are not enough. So, are you ready to dethrone that idol and redirect your worship to him by your dependency on him? Earlier, I referenced John 15, 5, which addresses self-sufficiency, those who don't abide in him. And do you know what the next verse says is the natural consequence of such a choice? Here's what it says in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Talk about fruitless efforts. But thankfully, he doesn't leave us on our own. Because the first part of John 15, 5 illustrates dependence on God. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And then in verses 7 through 8, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Notice the natural outcome of God dependence is bearing much fruit. That sounds like much better than fruitless self-sufficiency, don't you think? So stop acting like those who are without him, who are living on their own, who are not abiding, and start building a with God life and business that gladly recognizes you can't and don't want to do it alone. But let's not stop there. Once we admit our neediness to God, the next sign of a no longer self-sufficient heart is one that can readily admit struggles and weaknesses to others and asks for help. In the book, Side by Side, it talks about moving us from feeling needy to knowing our deeper needs, to asking the Lord for help, to now asking others for help. And my friend, each step becomes more difficult. In fact, asking other people for help actually makes calling out to the Lord seem easy by comparison. Because, well, the Lord already knows we're needy. We can't hide it even if we try. But other people? That is a different story. They may not know, and we desperately want to appear competent before them. Anyone else try to make it look like on the outside you've got it all together and you're making it? If we desire to appear competent and in control, we will not ask for help or for prayer. But when we understand God's plan is that we turn both to him and to others for help, we will ask for it. Paul sets the example over and over in his letters to the church. Beloved, pray for us. 
1 Thessalonians 5.25. Pray also for me, Ephesians 6.19. Pray for us as well, Colossians 4.3. It's humbling to ask for prayer, and it takes laying down our idol of self-sufficiency. So, how often should we ask? Well, more often than we do right now, in an increasing measure over time, as we recognize our neediness. You see, asking for prayer and for help is not a sign of weakness in ourselves, but of strength in one another and in Him. And that is how God intended us to live, in withness. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12 beautifully illustrates the opposite of self-sufficiency and what happens when we reject the help of others and try to do it on our own. Here's what it says. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their work. For if one falls the other will lift up. That's the benefit of dependency. But woe to the one who is alone and does not have another to help, who's trying to be self-sufficient. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, aka benefits to being others dependent. But how can one keep warm alone? The answer, she can't on her own. And though one might prevail against another because it makes us vulnerable by ourselves, two will withstand one. In togetherness, we find protection. So, whether it's asking for help or prayer to grow in your faith walk, to love in your relationships, to serve in your business, to be generous with your resources, to sustain your wellness, to fan the flame of your passions, or even to manage your dwelling, God and others are ready and waiting for you to let down your guard and admit your not-enoughness. And when we let go of self-sufficiency and turn to Him, we find in Him we are more than enough. So, Here are a few reflection questions on self-reliance. Are you ready to jot these down? No worries, I will also put these inside the community. First, in what ways are you tempted to cling to the idol of self-sufficiency? How does this idol affect your relationship with God and with others? And how does the gospel free you from the need to be sufficient on your own? Girl, guaranteed, this is going to make a good conversation over inside the Redeem Her Time community, where we're willing to be vulnerable and needy because it makes us stronger in him and with each other. So here is today's community question. What is one way that you will reach out to God or others for help in either your life or business? I invite you to come share on today's community question post. And if it's your first time, you can join us at redeemhertime.com forward slash community or click the link in the show notes. But before you leave this podcast platform, will you take a minute to leave a review or share this podcast or episode if you haven't already and help me help them? And if you're ready to admit you need help and no longer want to try DIYing how you spend your time in life and business, I invite you to submit an application to the Redeemed Midlife CEO at redeemhertime.com forward slash coaching or with the link in the show notes and share how you want to build a life and business with God and with the support of others. And before we end this episode, I want to read a prayer I found while preparing for this episode called, get this, A Prayer for Turning from the Idol and Illusion of Self-Sufficiency by the Gospel Coalition. Kind of fitting, don't you think? Yes, I will link it inside the community. Dear Heavenly Father, there are some lessons in this life of grace I seem to have a hard time remembering, or at least accepting. Knowing my limits is certainly one of them. The idol of self-sufficiency is formidable. Forgive me for not wanting to need the gospel, your spirit, and community as much as you say I do. Thank you for the gift of Paul's story, 
Thank you for an apostle of grace who boasted in his weakness that Jesus might be the hero. Thank you for the model of a lover God who was utterly dependent on the God he loved. I want to be much more like Paul. So Father, as this day begins or as this day ends, I forsake the illusion of my competency and cast myself on you, the God who raises the dead, beginning with Jesus. I'm not facing deadly perils like Paul, but I am facing broken people I can't fix, injustices in the world I can't right, lingering wounds I cannot heal, stubborn addicts I cannot free, an aging process I cannot reverse, cold marriages I cannot thaw, and my own heart that I cannot change. Grant me the grace to accept my limits and faith to trust you more, and grant me a greater willingness to let friends enter into my struggles and carry my burdens. I want to know you more intimately as the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort for myself and those I love. I pray this in Jesus' kind and graceful name. Amen. Wow. Okay, friend, I will see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. And until next time, remember, instead of chasing time on a clock, trying to control it, receive the gift of time from the one who truly holds it. Because as his daughter, you have time. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile. And that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.